So we're going to talk about Psalm 1. Psalm 1, you got your smartphones or you got your Bible. Uh, and the title of the message is How to Be Happy. Anybody in the house, in their cars, want to be happy? Come on. Yeah. So listen, when you read the surveys, here's the reality. When you read the surveys, here's the reality. The reality is this, is that people inevitably say they want to be happy. Like, everybody wants to be happy. But 14% of a recent survey, smart people, white jackets, 14% said that they were very happy. A year ago, 31% said they were happy. So what that tells us is like, Unhappy people has doubled down in just a year here. So unhappiness, I think it's alarming. I think it's indicative of a serious problem that we have and people are wanting to pursue happiness, but they're not finding it. Friends, something is broken in our pursuit of the experience of happiness. I mean, 14%. Many people are unhappy, and fewer and fewer people are able to actually find any type of happiness. And so as a nation, we are so committed to being happy that it is in the, the Declaration of Independence, where we say it is our inalienable right, our inalienable right to enjoy life, liberty, and the pursuit of what? Yeah. So this is embedded in our Declaration of Independence. And oftentimes we hear people saying, yeah, you just got to hang in there till Friday. Like on Friday, you're going to be happy. So, uh, so, anyway, so people want to be happy, but we just don't know how to find it. Well, Psalm 1 addresses the very deepest motivation of our hearts, that is to experience happiness. Everything you do, every decision you make, really when you think about it, the core of your being, it really is about finding happiness. So you think about your relationships, your work, where you live, the clothes that you wear, all that stuff you're ordering on Amazon, like we want to be happy or make somebody else happy. And so, but we are passionately pursuing happiness. The person you married, the job that you have, the school that you go to, it's all about trying to find happiness. Even the clothes that you have, even people raising their kids, want them to go to a good school and get good grades and get a good job because we want our kids to be happy. I mean, this is what drives it. So the reality is this, though. We want to be happy all the time. And so God gives us a way to be happy found in the Psalms here. God has given us the ultimate answer to your happiness. And so we're going to talk about that. I'm going to be reading to you from Psalm 1, the NIV, New International Translation. So I'm reading from Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6. We are going to read the Scripture, explain the Scripture, then apply the Scripture. It says this, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or the, un the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners, the sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, or whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous." For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish or lead to destruction. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. 
I pray that you would speak to us things we need to hear. I pray that we gathered here as God's people would hear through God's word, God's voice. I pray that you would only do and that uh, this wouldn't just be like another Sunday morning, but this would be something where you actually uh, engage us and speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So if I was going to listen to a talk or have the opportunity to hear a talk, and the talk was going to be about there's two paths in life. And one path is going to tell us the pathway to happiness and a blessed life and flourishing in life at the very deepest level. Imagine that you can flourish in life at the very deepest level. The other path was a path of darkness, despair, pain, suffering, your worst life. Two paths, your best life, your worst life. And I was to say, hey, we're actually going to talk about that today. How many people are going to be turning off their phones, turning off the TV, putting down the magazine, forget Twitter, forget Facebook, forget Instagram. We're going to lock into what has to be said here. Well, that's what Psalm 1 is doing. Psalm 1 is going to tell us there's only two options in life, only two roads in life, really that lead to two different destinies in life. There's the way of life, the way of prospering, and then there's the way that not as prospering, but actually leads to perishing. So there is no middle ground according to the scriptures. And I get it that we don't like that. We don't like that there's no middle ground. I mean, it almost sounds un-American. It's not very political. We want a third, third option, a fourth option there. But there's only two options given in Scripture. One is that you will prosper by grace or you will perish without it. And so I get it. It's not, it's, it's, it's not postmodern. It's not post-enlightenment. It's just the Scripture here. And so there's only two paths. Jesus actually even talked about two paths, where Jesus would say, hey, there's two paths, two roads, and there's only two. There's a really wide one, and the wide one, many people are going to walk the wide one, but it leads to destruction. Then there's a very narrow path, and that narrow path leads to life, and few are going to walk that. In fact, then he said, talking about building, he said, there are two options for building. You can build your house. He who listens to my word and puts it into practice is like the man who builds his house on a rock. And then when life happens and beats the daylights out of that house, that house is going to stand. But then there are other people. There's only one other road. And these people come to church and like this morning, they're, you're listening and all, but they don't really do anything about it. That person is like the guy that builds his house on the sand. And when the wind blows, it knocks that thing, it just blows the thing over. Jesus said there's only two roads, only two ways. That's what the psalm is saying. So the one speaking here is God himself, and he's going to speak to us about the happy life. And it begins this way talks about the happy life in verse 1. It says this, blessed or happy is the person. Now, notice it doesn't say you have to be a king, a scholar, rich, nothing like that, famous. No, just blessed is the man, the woman, the person. And literally what is so cool about this is God is addressing the most basic question that we ask, and that is, how can I be happy in this life? I love it that the word translated bless is literally 
plural. And so what it means is not just you're going to be blessed one time here, but this speaks of perpetual blessing. So what we're going to talk about this morning is, do you want a life of perpetual blessing? We're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you the three ways, three ways we're going to unpack here of God's way to perpetual blessing in your life. What I love about this is that these three uh, words here in verse 1, talking about walking, standing, and sitting, these are actions. It's not passive, and it's about what you do, not just not just what you think, what you think is very important, or what you believe is important, but this is talking about what you do. And so right off the bat, God comes to you in the Psalms and says, hey, I'm not asking you what you think about, what's your philosophical, theological perspective on the sovereignty and the immutability of God. That's not what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you, what do you do? What kind of life do you actually live here? And so... Uh, he's not going to ask you about, what do you think about gifts? What do you think about end times? What do you think about eschatology or Christology? No, he's going to ask, like, what do you do with your life here? So how do you walk? How do you actually live? Because there's a point of connection between what you do and how life turns out. Those of us who lived a while, we know that to be true. So say, for example, you're going to go to work tomorrow, and you show up, you got a bad attitude, you show up late, uh, it's all about you all the time. Uh, you're on your phone half the time. Then, then another person shows up. They got an awesome attitude, positive attitude, great, great disposition, and uh, they they show up early. They're working hard. They're giving it the best. Who's going to be better off? The lazy bum, the first one I described, or the person that goes shows ready to work there. And so God says, "Hey, there is a cause." I don't care what you believe about end times on that. There is a cause and there's an effect. And this is what this is talking about in this psalm also. Because there's some people that they're going to do their own thing with regard to work, sexuality, relationships, marriage, power, money. I'm going to do my thing my way. Well, God says if you follow my way, ultimately in the long run, you are going to prosper. First group, you're going to perish. So we're going to look at verse 1 here, and it's going to focus on the blessed person and what they don't do, what they decline, what they say no to. A lot of times you think, well, to be blessed, I want to go on a Maui vacation. I want to have this particular house and this, this uh, uh, guest house on the lake, and I want to have this home. No. Talks about you want to be blessed, what you decline, what you don't do. And he's going to talk about a descending spiral of what can happen to us. And this is really a picture of many people's lives that we're going to unpack here in verse 1. So it starts off with not. Blessed, with not. blessed is the one who does not walk. Blessed is the one who does not sit. Blessed is the one who does not stand. Not, not, not. Wait a second, I'm talking about perpetual blessing. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, but it's on the other side of what you don't do. So think about this. We start off with not. God says, hey, the, blessed, the perpetually blessed person, it's all about what they don't do. How is that? And so there are times in life where to, for God to ensure your blessing has to put guardrails on your life, has to put fences on your life, has to have an out-of-bounds area on your life. Now, and I get it, as a culture, what are we doing? As a culture, we're pulling all the fences down. 
We don't have any fence about sexuality. We don't have fence about marriage. We're going to pull all the fences down. But God says, well, I beg to differ. There are fences which need to be there if you are going to be blessed. Remember what percentage? 14% only are saying that they're blessed and so are happy. So the blessed life starts with what? With no, with not. Perpetually not, not, not. So there's some stuff that God says, you don't want to do that. Why would God do that? Say, you don't want to do that. The same reason why you tell your kids you don't want to do that. Because they do things they shouldn't do. So God knows that. And he begins with what you shouldn't do, what you should decline. Watch. Blessed is the one who does not what? Walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So what is it to walk? What, to walk is your life. To walk is your lifestyle. To walk is what you do. So here's my number one point if you want to have a perpetually blessed life, life taken right from the scripture, it says this, blessed is the person who runs from evil. Blessed is the person who runs from evil. Blessed is the person who runs from things that will wreck your life. See, blessed is a person who doesn't engage in all these things, sucking them into sin, which is going to wreck your life. Kanye West. What a, such a great a musician. I love that guy. Kanye West, before he came to know Jesus, you know what Kanye West was all about? Many things. But one of the things was about strip clubs. Kanye West was all about strip clubs. And then Kanye West discovered, he found this out. He discovered that strip clubs are directly connected to the sex trafficking industry. And this is after he becomes a Christ follower. He goes, you know what? Maybe, maybe there's a, a border there. There's a guideline, there's a fence, and God doesn't want me to be funding the sex industry through going to strip clubs. And so maybe God doesn't even want me at strip clubs. So Kanye West stopped doing that, and he said, I'm happier for having for done that. And so and the reality is this, the reality is this, is that there's ever-increasing evil in our culture and ever-increasing opportunities to do evil. And God said, hey, the blessed life is not in doing that. So the blessed life is figuring out what is evil and then running from it. You're not to sit or stand or walk or immerse yourselves in the reality of sin. And so I want to I ask you, uh, what do you do? Like, like, what does this look like? How do you identify it? Like, what is the thing, what is the thing that causes you to be greedy? What is the thing that causes you to lust? What is the thing that causes you to gossip? What, see, we identify that thing and then run from it. John Owens, one of the great American pastors of all time, said this. Either you be killing sin or it's going to kill you. Either you kill sin or it's going to kill you. So notice what it says here. It says, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, what is, what is counsel? Counsel's advice. In other words, be careful who you listen to. And you have to refuse and you have to reject some of the counsel that is out there. So like the guy that wants to give you marriage advice that says, trust me, just trust me. I've been married five times and I know what I'm talking about. I don't even know. You probably don't want to follow that advice if you want your marriage to be blessed there. But this is a perpetual blessing. It talks about if you want to have a perpetually blessed life, you can't listen to everybody. You can't listen to all the advice out there. You like to have to have an advice filter 
over your life. And when it's ungodly, it goes in the trash can. When it's godly, you take, you take that advice there. And so my grandmother, Danda, Evelyn Von Brett, Danda uh, used to, I got her car when I was about 14, and uh, she had her ideas on how to drive, which she would have wanted to uh, encourage me to engage in. Well, Danda, if you went in her 19, like 56 galaxy or whatever it was, you would find on the floor bottles of vodka. Bottles, I'm not kidding, bottles of vodka. And so as a little kid, I remember seeing these white bottles. And I can remember the labels and everything. And I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. This is what the rides with Danda would be like. We'd be driving down the street, and two of the tires would be on the curb, and the other two would be on the ground. And she'd be going over uh, from house to house, over the driveways and everything. It would just be this up and down. I remember, man, this is like a wild ride, but Danda, this is fun as a kid. And then I realized, I made the connection that, oh, those bottles are making her way too happy. And so uh, that's not the way to do, that's not the way to drive. But Danda, you know, would, 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 would encourage that. And so the counsel of the wicked could be this, could be relentless. It is relentless that God says the only way to be blessed if you don't walk in that, walk in that which is relentless. Relentless about how to do life and how to do work and how to do sexuality and how to think and how to do marriage. And it's relentless that you face. And so the counsel of the wicked can't, uh, can seep in and can begin to shape your thinking. And whatever shapes your thinking is going to shape your life. So let me ask you this. What are some areas of your life where you might be walking in the counsel of the ungodly. What would, what would some areas be where you just might be walking? What about, what kind of podcast do you listen to? What kind of movies do you watch that allow you to affect your world view? I mean, who influences you? Uh, what friends, what coworkers, what social media? What are we allowing into our lives to influence us? And so we need to think about this and take inventory of areas of your life where you may be influenced by the advice of the ungodly. And so we live in a culture, really, that, that is forever wanting to shape your thinking, always wanting to define reality for you. And so it says here in this downward progression, it's more than advice. Advice, friends, is really important, but it is more than just advice. Watch what it says. Nor does what? Nor stands in the way of sinners. The happy person doesn't do this. The way, the path, the road, the, the, the uh, direction of sinners here. In other words, you begin to not just take their advice, you begin to side with their viewpoint. You begin to go in that direction there, heading down the path. See, it's not just talking and getting advice. Now you're beginning to go down a path. Now you're beginning to gain momentum, and that thing is beginning to take root in you, whatever advice that they've given you. The bad counsel that you've gotten now is beginning to take root in your life. Now watch what it says next. Nor, remember the blessed life is not this, nor seats, sits in the seat of scoffers or mockers. What is that? They're mocking all things God. And so now what happens? You're beginning to take a deeper dive. You're beginning to go all the way in. Watch this. It says, now you're beginning to take a seat at the table. Friends, this is what happens. See, first you're just getting advice, talking advice. And then, then you're, you're standing there 
And then you're then ultimately what this is talking about, now you're beginning to sit down. Now you're taking a seat at the table. It also speaks of even like you're beginning to absorb the, their identity. And it says here that blessedness comes from, from what you decline, what you don't do. Not sitting, not walking. And all the while what they're trying to do is they're trying to turn your no into a yes. So the happy person, the perpetually happy person is described this way by what they decline. Secondly, reading here, verse 2, it says the happy person is not only described by what they decline, but by what they delight in. By what they delight in. Verse 2. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Notice it's not duty. It's not drudgery. It's not, oh, crumb. I got to open up the Bible. and No, they actually delight in it. And so they're delighting in the law of the Lord. Well, what is that? What, what is the law of the Lord? The law of the Lord is literally... The scripture here. And so the blessed person runs from evil, identifies and runs from evil. But secondly, the blessed person hungers, delights in what God has said. Hungers in his word here. So it declares, Psalm 1-2 declares that happiness comes by developing. We all have appetites. We all have things at the center of our life. It says the happy life only 14% experiencing this. The happy life comes from developing a hunger, an appetite for what God has said. So friends, can I just be super straight up with you? It's not enough to come to church. Come to church is awesome, but it's not enough if you want to have a blessed life. If you want to have a blessed life, it says here in your Bibles that there's more to it than that. He delights. Who delights? The one, that's, the one that is, is uh, not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And so all of us have something that literally is that at the center of your life, the center of your life. And this is saying the happy person, the blessed person perpetually has God's word at the center of their life. That your life is not defined by what people say about you or what the culture says, but your life is actually defined by what God has said. Defines reality for you. So the blessed person is delighting in the law of the Lord. Now notice it doesn't say the law of you. It doesn't say for me the law of Rod. It doesn't say the law of the world, the law of social media, but the law of the Lord is what you follow. You do that and you'll be blessed. And I say this because the, um, the scriptures now define everything about your life here. And so what we can do, though, is we can compartmentalize our life where you do your business one way, but it has nothing to do with the law of the Lord. We can do it. Well, uh, okay, the law, I'm all about the law of the Lord, but I think right here, I'm not going to follow the law of the Lord. And so it says this is what he does. The second thing we're told is that you not only need to meditate, but it talks about doing it day and night, 24-7 type deal here. And so it says this, that they, they delight in the law of the Lord day and night. So our lives are being shaped by what God has said, defined by the scriptures, defined uh, by what he says here. And so the scriptures are now uh, showing you how to live. It says that he meditates on his, life, his law day and night. So what does it mean to meditate? Here's what I know to be true. For those of us that read the Bible, not as many actually meditate on the Bible. Now there is a blessing in reading. It says in Revelation uh, that blessed are all those that read the words of this prophecy and do those things which are contained therein. 
But here in Psalm, it says that the blessing is on the other side of meditating. So meditating, not a duty, not, but it's a delight. And here's what I've got for you. For many people here this morning, for many in your cars, watching online, for many of you, your next step in your Christian life is this right here. It's meditating. What does it mean to meditate? It means to linger. It means to take the next, that we take a next step in our spiritual journey. And so, and I get it. I get it when we, we think about meditation. We think about, oh, Eastern mysticism and total weirdness and empty the mind. It's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite of that. This is not talking about emptying your mind, but filling your mind and filling your heart. And so you read scripture, carve out some time to do that. You think about what it means, and then you apply it to your life. Filling your minds, meditation, filling your minds with what God has said. It literally means this. It literally means to mutter. In Hebrew, it means to mutter. Anybody here, you mutter a little bit? Some of you, you know you mutter. Just kind of talk to yourself. Well, this is what it looks like when you meditate is you're muttering and you're, and you're talking like you're having this conversation with the scripture. And then eventually it'll, it'll begin to talk back to you. And so you're lingering there. You're thinking about it. You're reading it. You're applying it. And so murmuring then is rehearsing the scriptures. Murmuring then is that where you meditate uh, take the truth of the Bible, and it's like while you're meditating, it's like you're pressing it down into the very center of your heart. Watch. You're pressing it down, and then it, it becomes real to you, and, it, and, it, and it, comes, it, just, it gets on fire for you. So that's what happens. Meditating, taking the truth of Scripture, you're pressing it down to the very center of your life, really, until it's real and it catches fire. So we all need this. We all need this. It's saying... Reading is awesome, it's great, but it's just not enough. So why do we need to do this? Why do we need to do this? Because the voices out there are constantly telling you what your life should look like. Like men's health today tells you that uh, if you don't have six-pack abs, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're, a, you're a bum. Or uh, women are trying to sort it out and watching out the media stuff out there and trying to figure out what it's would look like, and then you see the Kardashians or whatever, and uh, their definition of womanhood is uh, certain things that you need to pursue, and if that gets in your brain, and you're not meditating on God's law there, then uh, your views of womanhood could have could essentially, I am guessing, be influenced by things that you're watching and seeing and media and all, just like the men could be influenced in the same way by the things that are out there. And so to be happy, Number one, you run from evil. And number two, you have God's word at the center of your life. You, you, you develop an appetite and you become hungry for it. And so watch what it says now. Here's the third thing. This person is like a tree planted by streams of water and bears fruit. Anyway, so it says here, meditating and uh, literally meaning to press it down to the very center of your heart until it catches fire. Uh, we need the reality of this, friends. We need the reality because of all the, the stuff that comes into our lives here. So it says in verse 3, that person okay, that's meditating upon the law, uh, taking delight in it, is like a tree planted by streams of water. And so here, you're, you, point number three is you have to develop roots. You have to be planted. Notice that when there's difficult seasons, when there's barren times, when there's winter times, what happens? Well, you're going to be sustained. You're going to be fruitful at all times because you have, you developed deep roots. C.S. Lewis said, once a man is separated 
from God, what can they do but wither and die? And so this is the blessed person, like a tree growing, healthy, planted in the right place. Everybody can see your life is planted in in the right place. So for some of us, a next step is getting planted, getting planted in the right place in Jesus Christ. For some of you, that is, it's a vital next step where you will grow, you'll be healthy like a tree that can last through any winter, through any circumstance. Your roots going deep into the scripture there. Roots that sustain you. Roots that hold you. Through any season that you pass through, you will be steadfast and immovable and unshakable. In seasons of drought, seasons of loneliness, seasons of temptation, because your roots are growing deep in Christ. Planted near streams of water. This is the only way that you, you flourish in life. That you, uh, It's not automatic. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen because you go to church. you got to be intentional about this if you are going to grow. If you're going to grow. And so you need to be by the water. So I'm not going to point any names out in our household. But sometimes in our household, we will plant, have little, a little planter out front. Those of you who have been to my house will plant flowers. And the flowers forget to be watered. Not pointing any fingers, the flowers get to be, don't get watered, and what happens is they die. And I wonder if spiritually there could be a principle there that if you are not being watered by the refreshing water of God's word and all, that you spiritually begin to die there a little bit. And so it says, secondly, about It says, and whatever they do, prosper. To those that trust God and go with God according to his ways, eventually you will prosper. And then it says this, the other option, not to, uh, not to be fruitful. It says, but the other option is to perish. Ungodliness will never prosper. The way of the wicked will perish. Friends, the Bible pleads with us. The Bible now pleads with us, don't do this. Like, don't go this way. You don't want to do this because in the end, it says, you do this. You are going to perish if you do this. In the end, ungodly peoples, it says here, it says in verse 4, not so the wicked, they're like the chaff that the wind blows away. Uh, what is the chaff? The chaff is like the dead shell, the dead shell that's worthless, the dead shell that, that just gets blown away easily by any wind there. And so the wind of God's judgment is going to blow them away. And so this guy here is different from the happy guy. Completely different from the happy guy. The person who doesn't follow after God in the end there is like chaff, not like a tree planted near rivers of water, but like chaff which is blown away. I ask you, friends, which life do you want? Like, like what do you want to pursue after? There's only two roads. The chaff, useless, shriveled up, perishes. Verse 5. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. So what is that talking about? Sinners will not share in the same future as the righteous. And lastly, says this, verse 6, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So friends, don't ever feel like nobody cares about you. Nobody understands the way, the direction of your life because the Lord is watching over you. He watches over the way, the path, the direction, the road. There's God watching 
over your life. But the way of the wicked leads to nowhere. Leads to nowhere. If you remain in that camp, it says you will perish. You will not prosper, but you will perish. There are only two roads, friends. Only God himself says only two roads. A road to prosper, a road to perish. A road to perpetual blessedness, a road to happiness, or a road to wreck your life in the end. Which, which road do you want to travel? This is the way to be happy. Let's pray. And so, Father, thank you for the gospel, the good news. It's awesome. Uh, we just want to say, Father, we need you. We need you to come to our lives. Oh, the wonder of what you have done for us. Father, I pray you'd accomplish your purposes in us today, that we would choose your way. We would choose the life of blessedness perpetually. Father, I pray that you would do what only you could do and go where you could only go and speak how only you can speak, that we would hear the Spirit of God whispering to our hearts long after we have left this ranch. Father, I pray that you would cause us to be people that gaze at you and meditate upon your law day and night, and we will be like a tree planted near rivers of water. Our root, our leaf also shall not wither, and whatever we do will prosper. Cause us, Lord, to be planted. Cause us, Lord, to run from evil. Cause us, Lord, to follow after you with all of our hearts. And this we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed by saying amen. If everyone give a good honk out there, let's give a good honk.